Now it's time to put a ring on it. Put a ring on it. Marry her. She praying for you. She believe in God for you. She fighting for you. Put a ring on her. Let her know you're serious, bro. That's just how I feel. So that was what, Friday? Yeah. Right. And Pastor Kim, Pastor Kim, when she came in to work on Friday, the, the woman who wrote that had left her tithe envelope stuck wedged in the door somewhere, one of these doors. We're like, praise God. <laughs> hey, you got to get that tithe in there, boy. Like, Lord, the tithe works. I ain't playing with that. <laughs> Amen. And I want to give last one. This one is from... Uh, Brother Jermaine, where is your brother Jermaine? I saw him here somewhere. All right, I'm sharing this testimony for him. Praise report that he gives on working your faith. Says, my wife and I have been looking to move into our first rental home for the past eight months. I know they have been living in an apartment a long time. They're ready to move into a house. You know, see, a house you can tread out. You can tread out and take ownership of a house, right? During that time, we were always looking for what we could afford and trying to figure out what and how we would be able to pay for things like bills, groceries, necessities, and etc. operating in our own strength. Starting the new year off, we, just, we both decided we were tired of trying to operate in our own strength and totally trust God. Three weeks ago, we saw a house we both liked and we went by, and as soon as we walked through it, we were both like, this is our house. We prayed and asked God, prayed and asked God, and believed it was ours. We went by every day to check the process of the man who was fixing on it and stayed in faith despite hearing, stayed in faith despite hearing that several people were coming by every day to inquire about the house. See, faith, faith is inconsiderate. Faith don't care who looking at it. Come on, Sister Anita. When it's your house, it's your house. They said, so despite hearing, not hearing, from the rental company after several attempts. Said then one day we got a call from the rental company and was told that told what we had to do to apply for the house. We did that on a Friday. And one day later we got a text saying we were approved for the house and what we needed to do to secure the house. He said the problem is we didn't have the money for the deposit. Now faith don't think about whether you have the money or not. We didn't have the money for the deposit that they wanted and fear and doubt almost set in. He said, and I was like, what am I gonna do to get this money? But I was reminded, I was reminded of what Sister Anita said to God. See, I'm telling you how important your testimony is. When God moves in your life, you can't hide this stuff. You gotta tell it because somebody else is gonna need your testimony. So he said, I was reminded of what Sister Anita said to God, Lord, this is your bill. So those are my exact, same exact words to God and left it at that. We had followed the steps Pastor had put in place. Now those steps must have been about what are you believing? Right, what are you praying? What are you sowing? What are you, okay, y'all got those steps. If you weren't here, go back over there, get those six steps. 
to manifestation, all right? It says, we followed the steps that pastor put in place and there was nothing left to be done. One hour later, or less, we get a call from someone saying that they had some money for us. And it turns out the money they had was enough to cover the deposit for the house. What we try to do in eight months, once we got out of the way, God did it in two weeks. Jermaine, Jermaine, you better get up here real quick. Jermaine, get up here real quick. Everything we wanted in the house, we got. So this is definitely a faith builder for us and a great example of how to work your faith and trust God. So we're going to trust him to fill our house and more. We move in on February 8th, 2019, and even better, we are less than five minutes away from the church. So they're going to believe God to fill a house up. Let's, let's help them fill a house up. Come on. Let's help them fill the house up. what I'm preaching Matthew 5 13 through 16 
God is moving in his people's lives. In Acts 2, the Bible says they had all things in common. And that's what we do. That's what we do. You get a miracle testimony, a faith testimony, we all want to get in on that. Glory to God. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Y'all have that? Okay. Let's all read together. Ready? Read. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. What y'all just did was good works. And what Bible says, when men see that, this is talking about unsaved men. When the world sees our good works, they glorify our Father in heaven. So we're talking today on lifestyle evangelism, lifestyle evangelism, part three, good works. Father, thank you today for the word that we are about to receive. Thank you that we have hearing ears and seeing eyes and they are both from you. Now let our hearts be open to receive the word of God. We enlarge our hearts. We are our hearts. We open our hearts to you, Father, so that you can speak to us and deposit the seed of the word in our lives that will change our lives. Now take control. Do what you will. Have your way, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lifestyle evangelism part three, good works. Everybody say good works. So the Lord has told us 2019 is the year of abundant manifestation, right? And a year of visitation. And so we're, we've been saying that God will visit his people in phenomenal ways this year. And God has already proven that to us. He's doing so many things uh, for his people. And you know, sometimes these things may not seem like a big deal to you, but people who are going through it, they're dealing with it. They're praying for it. They've been working their faith. It's, it's extraordinary. It's huge to them. Amen. Praise God. And so what we remember a few weeks ago, I talked about something, two things. One, tipping point. The other, critical mass. Tipping point is that place where everything just begins to fall off and it just, it's become unstoppable, uh, irreversible, right? But to get there, you have to hit something called critical mass. It's when you have the right, the, the good measure and good time and enough uh, energy, whatever you put into something to move it to another level, it becomes a catalyst for a change in your life. You got it? Now, if you remember, that's what happened to Obed-Edom last week. We, we talked about Obed-Edom. The Lord uh, rerouted us last Sunday and had us go down to 2 Samuel 6. And we saw this man, Obed-Edom, get his socks blessed right off his feet. Y'all remember that? Turn over there to 2 Samuel 6. Look at verse uh, 10, please. 2 Samuel 6, verse 10. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him. You remember the ark of the Lord? He says the name is named after the Lord of hosts. That was verse 1, right? Okay, verse 10. So he wouldn't move the ark with him to the city of David, but he took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. Verse 11. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. How long? Three months. So Obed-Edom is getting a visitation. Right? 
and he gets his visitation, the Bible says, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household, and all his household, and all his household. Something supernatural happened in all his household. He got blessed, they got blessed so much that they had to put it on the news. Verse 12 says this, verse 12, now I was told King David, now, I already told you last week, last, last Sunday, that, that when you get this little 5% raise and you get 10 extra dollars and something like that, they don't report that to the king. So, Obed-Edom got blessed so phenomenally that it, it, it had to be reported, hey, Dave, you got to hear about this. You don't tell a king small news. So, so Obed-Edom, when there's a visitation from the Lord, and that's what he told us this year, is a year of visitation. And whenever there's visitation, there's going to be manifestation. So it was told King David how the Lord had blessed him, and, oh, and David said, I got to go get that thing down there and bring it to my house. I got to get, get that blessing for myself. Right? So we see how God blessed Obed-Edom, uh, took care of him, and just prospered him. In fact, I want to show you something here. Uh, Media, help me out. If you get 1 Chronicles 26, please, verse 4 in the message translation. 1 Chronicles 26 Verse 4, I want to show you just an example about how God blessed Obed-Edom and his household. Did y'all even go look at that last week? First, Samuel, First Chronicles 26, verse 4. Obed-Edom's sons were Shemaiah, the firstborn, followed by Jehozabad, Joah, Sakar, Nathaniel, verse 5. Keep going, please. Keep going. Uh, Amiel, Issachar, and Peluthai. Uh, God blessed him with what? That's a blessing, boy. Blessed is the man whose quiver, the Bible says, is full of them. So here he is having eight sons because God blessed him. Got it? Keep going. Verse 6. His son Shemaiah had sons who provided outstanding leadership in the family. So his sons aren't sorry. His grandsons aren't some sorry old jokers. <laughs> verse 7. Verse 7. Othni. Raphael, Obed, and Elzabad, his relatives, Elihu, and Simachiah were also exceptional. You don't want no sorry folk in your family tree. <laughs> Verse 8, these all came from the line of Obed-Edom, all of them outstanding and strong. There were 62 of them. Oh man, the Lord bless his household real good. <laughs> Glory to God. Now switch over to 1 Chronicles 26, verse 15, in the CEV. In the CEV. Notice this. This is the blessing that came as a result. Obed-Edom was then chosen to guard the south gate. Obed-Edom. He's put in charge of the south gate. There are four gates coming to the city. North, east, south, west gates coming to the city. In other words, so Obed-Edom is put in charge of the south, uh, south entrance. He, he'd have the whole Mexican border. He'd have a wall and a gate. <laughs> and nothing, nothing comes in or out without Obed-Edom. Y'all don't understand. He, he, this is a major position he's given. Why? Because God has elevated him. God's blessed him because he visited his house. Then it says, and his sons were chosen to guard the storerooms. You know what a storeroom is? The storeroom is the bank. Now, you don't put poor men in charge of the bank. Because they'll rob you blind. So these men, God obviously blessed Obed-Edom in his household enough that they can be trusted to guard all the gold, guard all the silver, guard everything. 
I just want you to see that when this blessing hits your house, God's going to promote you and elevate you, and he'll put you in charge of a company. He'll put you in charge of a city, put you in charge of a region where nothing comes in or out without you. That's what God makes his people. He wants to make you and me gatekeepers of this city, gatekeepers of this region. Nothing comes in, nothing goes out without us. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. All right, now, so let's keep going here. Visitation from God. Visitation leads to manifestation. Manifestation for God's people leads to revelation. Y'all got it? So when God visits us, we get a manifestation. I quoted it already. Genesis 21 verse 1. You can write it down if you've never seen it. Jeremiah 29 verse 10. God, when he visits, he performs the word he's spoken. And many times, what's happened in church today, we, we've had church without visitation. We've had believers without visitation. Who all we're doing is going to church and just having church, but we're not waiting. I don't mind waiting. We're not waiting on God to visit us. Well, God is already here. I don't mean, I, I understand the eyes of the Lord are in every place. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place. But I don't just want his eyes. I want all of God to manifest. If God were just in every place, the Bible wouldn't say he visited Sarah. Y'all got to hear that. So we understand, well, God is omnipresent. Yeah, I understand. I understand he is everywhere in essence. But we're talking about moving from just him being here in essence to him being here in presence. Where you know he's here. When God shows up, when the king of glory comes in, everything in your world gets rocked. People get healed without anybody laying hands on them. I can't tell you how many reports I got just, just over the last few weeks of people when these times of God's been visiting in this house, they've gotten healed. We ain't lay hands on them, they just, they just got healed. Because you can't be in a, in a, in a, in a Holy Ghost-filled atmosphere, in a Shekinah glory atmosphere, and something doesn't change in your life. And I want him more than anything. You got it? And so, and so we, we, we want him to visit. When he visits, we will have manifestation. And when you and I have manifestation, then the world gets a revelation. Y'all got it? Because listen to me very carefully. I know some of y'all, maybe your first time hearing this, so I just want to repeat it. The world walks by sight and not by faith. And the Bible says man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. Man doesn't look on the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance. So man doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't move men when they look at you, oh, you got a good heart. They get a good-hearted person. No, men are moved by what they see. See, in the church, we've been fighting prosperity so long because we've not understood that this prosperity isn't just about us uh, having nice and driving nice. It's about the world seeing something because the world, the world, somebody who, who's sitting in this place right now may be a sinner, that does not know the Lord. I can read this word from front to back and they get no revelation. But when we have a guy sent up here and we bring out $100 bills and whatever we put in, put in his hand, they say, whoa. I'll come on this side. They say, whoa. Because the world gets a revelation by what they see. And so God, why he wants to bless you is because he wants wants you to have it. He wants you to enjoy it. But he wants the world to see it and know he is real. He is alive and he is good. Tell your neighbor, he is real. 
He is alive and he is good to me. 2 Corinthians 2.14, uh, get that screen on the screen, please. 2 Corinthians 2.14, this scripture, we know it. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph, who always causes us to triumph. So say, everybody say, I always win. So watch this. Our total victory, always winning, is a part of our lifestyle evangelism because it says that we always triumph, and then it says, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So in other words, we give off a fragrance of victory. We give off a fragrance of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. The world can't see Jesus. But when you and I walk in victory, our families are healthy and whole, marriages are tight and right, our money is flowing and showing. We're walking around and we're not crippled and laying over and when we look the best, drive the best, wear the best, live in the best, eat the best, speak the best, behave the best, then we're, 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 we're the, the reeds diffusing this Christ in us, the hope of glory. And the world sees Jesus. You got it? Now watch this. I want to prove this some more to you. I got I to gotta get this here. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 2. Verse 1, start in verse 1. Verse 1. Paul says, do we begin again to commend ourselves or do we need as some other's epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? Paul is saying, you know, do we need to keep proving ourselves to you? You, you ever had anybody, you ever asked for a letter of recommendation? That's what Paul's talking about. Do I need a letter of, letter of recommendation from you or to you? But watch this. Watch verse 2. He says, you are our epistle written in our hearts. Known and read by all men. Did you see that? He's, Paul says, when I preach to you and you manifest, you are an epistle. Because your cousin ain't going to read the Bible. But he's reading you. Y'all are not catching this. Your neighbor is not going to read the Bible. But he's going to read you. Your life is known and read by all men. And my question is, when people are knowing and reading you, what are they reading? You're saying God is good, but what they're reading is, they're watching you get up early on Sunday morning and go to church like you're crazy every Sunday. They see you get out, get out and just have worked all day and get up and go to church on a Wednesday night like you're crazy. So they're reading you. So the question is, what are they reading? You see, your life is, a, is, is, is God's display. And so what God wants to display is his goodness. He wants to display his power to us and through us to the world. Y'all got it? 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17. Now I'm going to keep going here. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God. Verse 17, Amplify. Give me Amplify, please. Amplify. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. Liberty or emancipation, Black History Month. Emancipation from bondage and freedom. <laughs> Glory to God. Now watch verse 18. Can you read that? 
and all of us as with unveiled face because we continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very own image. Now you know the word being transformed in your King James, New King James. But here, because it's the same word from the Greek, metamorpho. We're being transfigured into, the, into his very own image in, watch this, ever increasing splendor. And from one degree of glory to another. Did you catch that? Your life is supposed to be getting brighter and brighter by the moment. You, are, you and I are being transfigured into, the, his, into this very own image in ever-increasing splendor. In other words, we ought to be shining brighter today than we were last year, five years ago, ten years ago. Christians should never be the same. Believers should never be the same. If you're the same as you were ten years ago, you, you are not in this book. Because the more you stare into this book, the more you spend time with God, you are supposed to be getting brighter and brighter and brighter, not dimmer and darker, brighter and brighter, ever increasing splendor, ever increasing splendor. That means nonstop. Oh boy, this, this, this is this going to hurt a few feelings on people online, not you. That means that Abraham never retired. And he was richer at the end of his life than he was at the beginning. See, so you and I aren't governed by this, this curve they have in the world that you work and you just you keep increasing till you hit 52, 62, 65 and then all of a sudden now you gotta fall off. See, that's a world pattern, ladies and gentlemen. You're supposed to be increasing more and more and more till you leave here. Now watch. This ever-increasing splendor is not for you. This uh, one degree of glory to another is not for you. It happens to you, but it's not for you. It's for those who are on the outside to see. Now watch this word transfigure. Everybody say transfigure. Can I give you another example of transfiguration? Go to Matthew 17. Go to Matthew 17. Glory to God. Matthew 17. Hallelujah. Because what happens when you're transfigured, what's on the inside shows up on the outside. Everything that you have on the inside of you, Christ's hope of glory, the world can't see that. It's not apparent to the world until it appears on the outside. I say it again. It's not apparent to the world until it appears on the outside. They can't see all that good stuff down on the inside of you. I got the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, me. That's great. That's all on the inside. The world can't see that. Here's reality. Because people in the world, there are people in the world who are not saved can have who exercise more loving ways than some folk in the body of Christ. They are more gentle. You ever seen folk in the world? Folk in the world? 
they so nice. They, they take care of the little dog so nice. The dog got a little sweater on and the dog got a little cup. And they, the dog, I, people in my neighborhood, they, they walk around, they walk around with strollers and you walking by, you see, this is a little baby. It ain't a baby, it's a dog. It's a cat in the stroller. They're gentle. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? So what I'm saying is these things, these, these things don't necessarily move the world. Because the world is all about what they can see. Watch Matthew 17, verse 1. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother. Uh, this is John, uh, James, John is James's brother. All right, y'all got that. And led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Keep going, please. And he was what? Same word we just saw, right? Transfigured before them, before Peter, James, and John. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as a light. Now what happened? This transfiguration, his insides showed on the outside. Now they've been walking with Jesus Christ all, uh, for however long by this time, but all of a sudden now they see something that they've never seen before. They're seeing the inside of him, but it's shown on the outside. His face shines like the sun. His clothes become white as a light. Another place it says, uh, whiter than, than any, any launderer's soap can get it. Verse 3. And behold, watch this. Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. So now we have Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. And Peter, Peter James, and John are now watching this. Now, Moses and Elijah appear. Now, they've heard of Moses and Elijah. They know all about Moses and Elijah. They've never seen them. They appear out of the spiritual realm and show up in the natural realm to them. But they saw the same thing in Jesus Christ. That what was in the spiritual realm on the inside of him now appeared in the natural realm to them. So now you have three people there. Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. Got it? Verse 4. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles. We want you to hang here with us. We want to keep this experience going on. Let us build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. We want to build a tabernacle for you, a tabernacle for Moses, and one for Elijah. All three of y'all are going to get the same tabernacle. I want you to watch now. Verse 5. While he was still speaking, while he's saying this, so he didn't get a chance to finish the sentence, but we, we know he kept talking. But while, before he got to the period, God spoke. It says, Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of, out of the cloud saying, suddenly a voice. God said, let me interrupt you, Peter. He said, this... Peter's talking about Jesus, Moses, and Elijah on the same level. God said, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. They were listening to Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, all three of them talking. So now Peter and those guys, they're going to put them on the same level. You have Moses the law, Elijah the prophets, Jesus grace and truth. 
So Peter's now going to try to listen to all three of them, all these guys. Father God said, no. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Listen to him. This the one you focus on. Focus on grace and truth. <laughs> oh my God. He said, in whom I am well pleased. I'm pleased with him. I'm pleased with grace and truth. Hear you him. Now watch. What, what, are, what have they seen? They've seen Jesus Christ transfigured. And this left them just in a mess. Watch, watch verse 6. Verse 6. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. They heard the voice of God confirming that this inside-out manifestation was of God. And they're afraid of it. Watch verse 7, please. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise. Don't be afraid. Now, these guys are getting a revelation, guys. Are y'all seeing this? These disciples are getting a revelation, something that they had never seen before. They've walked with Jesus. They've taught. They've heard him. They've listened to him. They've eaten with him. But they've never seen this. So when they saw this, they're like, whoa, this is beyond our understanding. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Watch verse 8. When they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one. Okay. When you and I get transfigured, the more we let our ever-increasing splendor show to the world, the more people will only begin to hear Jesus through us, and they'll only see Jesus through us. The problem with the world is, and some folk in the church, is they're hearing Jesus, and they're hearing Allah, and they're hearing Buddha, and they're hearing Confucius, and they're hearing Nietzsche, and they're hearing Socrates. Y'all ain't saying much to me. They're listening to all the folk in the world, all the world's wisdom, trying to use the world's wisdom and God's wisdom alongside each other, and it's not going to work. And though they might love God, they're still trying to hear the world because the world appears more successful than the church. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say something here. Because the world appears more successful than the church, they keep hearing the world. And try to put the world alongside what Jesus says. But God says, no, hear ye him. See him only. Well, what's, what's going to take that to happen? For the people of God to be transfigured. So they can see something. See, when you start manifesting like God's trying to manifest in your life, and like I told you this last week, you got to let him do it. You got to let him do it. Then you got to become so sold out and go so whole hog for Jesus Christ that you let him do this for you. When you do that, then the world begins to see, wait a minute, I ain't got to listen to them because... What I'm saying, the word is working. God's manifesting in his people's lives, and I don't need to go back to that other stuff. I'm trying, baby. I'm trying. 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 I'm trying to get y'all to understand. God needs you to manifest. God needs you to manifest. He wants to show off in your life. 
because you got people that they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna bust bust hell wide open. Because they never saw the Jesus freaks manifesting. All they know is you a Jesus freak. Talking at Jesus, but you po. Talking to Jesus, but you broke. Talking to Jesus, but you in the same hospital I'm in. You in the same sick bed I'm in. You in the same doctor's office I'm in. You in the same loan officer line I'm in. That ain't how it's supposed to be. They need to, they need to see something. Y'all got it? Y'all got a little more time? So my prosperity is important to my evangelism. My prosperity is important to my evangelism. I'm called to evangelize the world. My prosperity will get the world's attention. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You might need to thump your neighbor in the head and tell him, you better listen to this. No, don't do it. Don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do that. <laughs> know about all that. I don't know about all that. That's why, that's why you ain't gotten anybody saved in the last two years. Because you're telling them about Jesus, you need to be saved. How good he is, but they're looking at you like, <laughs> prove it. Show me. I mean, at least, at, least, at least lay hands on somebody and get them healed. Wait a minute. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'll say that. Well, I, get, I get to lay hands on people. You know what Jesus said? You know what Jesus said? He said, if you've not mastered this, this uh, unrighteous mammon, he calls it. He said, unrighteous mammon, talking about money. He said, if you've not excelled in this money area, he said, who's going to trust you with the true riches? The true riches is laying hands on the sick and getting people healed and, and cursing cancer and cursing diabetes and, and, and cursing uh, uh, mental retardation and those things. That's true riches right there. Doing the greater works, that's true riches right there. Do I have anybody agree with me? Those are true riches right there. He said, but if you have not handled this money issue on this side, I can't trust you to handle the other side. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, I hear that, Holy Spirit. Because here, here's, here's the part of the explanation he just gave me. Was that if you've not handled this money issue, you'll get over there, you'll lay hands on somebody, and they get, get healed. All of a sudden, you think you got a ministry now, and then you're going to get business cards, you're going to get a YouTube page, and now you're going to be a, be a YouTube prophet, and you're going to have, have a little Give Now button on your YouTube page so people can start donating your ministry now because now, you, now, now you're going to start manipulating your little gift for money because you've not nailed down the money on this side. It happens all the time. Folk out there manipulating the gifts of the Spirit for money. They take the Word of God and they handle it deceitfully, the Bible says. Because they've not learned how God will just prosper them. So now they're going to abuse giftings. And the church said, Amen.
my prosperity will get the world's attention. Can I go back to the scripture we read before? Zechariah chapter, chapter 8, please. Zechariah 8. Oh, my God. Zechariah 8, verse 9 through 13. I'm going to read right through it, media. Zechariah 8, verse 9 through 13. Thus says, says the, the, oh, my God. Thus says the same one we were talking about last week. Thus says the Lord of hosts. Now, what does the Lord of hosts mean? Lord of financial transactions. Here's a question for somebody you might have. Just throw this in. Was that just Old Testament? No. When you read New Testament, when you read the phrase Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord Sabaoth, it's the same thing, Lord of hosts. So he's still around in the New Testament. So he's still around today. He says, let your hands be strong. You have been hearing in these days these words by the mouth of the prophets who spoke in the day the foundation was laid for the house of the Lord of hosts that the temple might be built. For before these days, there were no wages for man nor any hire for beasts. There was no peace from the enemy for whoever went out or came in. For I said, all men, everyone against his neighbor. But now I will not treat the remnant of this people as in the former days, says the Lord of hosts. It's going to be different than it was before. For the seed, the seed, not your job. The seed. Your job is limited. Your job is designed to pay you only enough to get you back on Monday. I guarantee all of y'all be back tomorrow. Why? Because they only paid you enough on Friday to make sure you came back tomorrow. They know they can't overpay you. They overpay you, you're going to keep calling off. They're not going to pay enough to retire. Well, I retired my job. You bought it. You bought your retirement. Remember all that money you was putting aside every, every month out of your check? You were buying your retirement. What are you talking about? There's nothing impressive about that. Anybody can do that. You're talking about God. For the seed shall be prosperous. The vine shall give its fruit. The ground shall give her increase. And the heaven shall give their due. I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all these. And it shall come to pass that just as you were a curse among the nations, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so I will save you. Watch this. And you shall be. He didn't say just be blessed. He said you're going to be a blessing. You were a curse. Now you're going to be a blessing. You were a curse because you were out there begging for everything. But now you're a blessing. Now you're coming and saying, hey, I'm, I'm just, let, me, let me give you something. Let me, let me help you fill your house up. Don't fear. Let your hands be strong. Now go to verse 23, please. Verse 23. Now watch. Watch this evangelism here. Thus says the Lord of hosts. This is the financial God right here. In those days, ten men from every language. Other nations shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man, saying, let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. That means ten men, ten folks saw how good God was to these people and said, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me go with you. See, when your lifestyle begins to demonstrate the goodness of God, you almost ain't got to pass out no more tracks. Your life is a track. Your life, remember we read this in 2 Corinthians 3, 2. Your life is an epistle known and read by all men. Why, why do people hand out tracts? Hey, read this. <laughs> Can I throw this in for free right here? Christians, all the Christians in the house, raise your hand. Christians, when you go to a restaurant, don't leave a tract for a tip. 
unless you stuff in that track. Don't embarrass us. So you are an epistle known and read by all men. All right, now watch. Verse 23. Zechariah 8, 23. Y'all with me so far? Can y'all hang with me a few more minutes here? So 23, we've heard that God is with you now. Give me that same verse in the easy to read version. Watch this. 823 is the easy to read version. We heard that God is with you. Can we come with you to worship him? Before you trying to get to come to church, when they see God prosper you, they're going to say, you know what? I need to go back to church. I got a shirt I wore yesterday. This shirt that says, you know you need to get your butt back in church. You know you need to get your butt back in church. How many of y'all know folk that you just need to tell them, you know you need to get your butt back in church? But when they see God prospering you, it says here, they're going to say, can we come to worship with you? (laughs) Give me the same verse, please, in the voice translation, the voice translation says, we have heard the true God is among you, and we want him to save us too. Now, they're not just coming to church, they're getting saved. Is this clicking in anybody? I, I want to I get saved. Save me, Lord. Save me from this sickness. Save me from this brokenness. Save me from this lack. Save me from this depression. Save me from this guilt. Save me from this addiction. Save me from this low-level lifestyle. I want what you did for him, I want you to do for me. Save me. Mm-hmm. All right. Same verse 23 in the Living Bible, please. In the Living Bible. Please be my friend. Okay, now wait. Now, okay. Well, Pastor, no, that was just good to get worship and get him saved. No, I'm going, I'm going farther than that. Please be my friend. For I know that God is with you. Now wait. Now why are they saying this again? When they see your prosperity. They said, please be my friend. Friends, how many of us have them? Maybe we lack friends because we keep, we keep presenting broke. Y'all don't like this on this side. They don't like this on this side over here. On this side, they are mad. I'm going to stay on this side right here. Because we keep presenting like we always need something. But when you don't present, when you don't present like you're the charity, when you don't present like you're the outreach, then folk will say, hey, please be my friend. Now, why would people... Now, notice the person say, can I be your friend? It said, please be my friend. People want to be friends with people who look like they have it going on. Am I still in the Bible now? Just, y'all looking to be funny. Y'all looking to be funny. He getting all secular. No, I'm reading the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Okay, so please be my friend. For I know that God is with you. 
No. It's the same thing that Sheba, Queen of Sheba said to Solomon. She said, I know, I know. Uh-uh. I look at your life, uh, Solomon. Now, she's a, she's a queen, got her own money. She looked at him and said, no, I know it's something different about you, cuz. Matter of fact, she got real friendly if, if you follow the, kind of follow the story. They say that's kind of where the Song of Solomon came from. Hey, baby. Your breasts are like the hinds roll on the... Whoa, Solomon, back it down, bro. Back it down, bro. I mean, you say stuff like, your navel is like a goblet filled with wine. I mean, that, Solomon was a player. So, please be my friend. Can I keep going here? I'm going to show you something here. Please be my friend. Why? Because they see something on him. Now watch this. Because remember, we're talking today about good works. When men see your good works. Now I want you to get on the screen for me, please, media. Proverbs 19, verse 6 through 8 in the Passion Translation. Proverbs 19, verse 6 through 8 in the Passion Translation. Can you read it with me? It says... Everyone wants to be close. But a generous person has all the friends he wants. Mm -hmm. See, when you are a generous person, everybody wants to be your friend. Everybody want to hang. Your house becomes a Kool-Aid house. Y'all know what the Kool-Aid house is? Any of y'all? Kool-Aid house was the house on the street that everybody came down to. They won't leave your house. You're playing football out in the street, but when it's time to go and get something to drink, they go to your house. It's Kool-Aid house. Your mama always had some bologna sandwiches or something like that on the, on the counter. It's a Kool-Aid house. So it says here, everyone wants to be close to the rich and famous. Isn't that true? But a generous person has all the friends he wants. So maybe the reason you don't have friends is because you're not generous. But we're changing that, right? Verse 7. When a man is poor, even... Wait, wait, don't, don't, don't keep reading. Y'all better, we better, we better. Are we reading the Bible? When a man is poor, even his family has no use for him. Even his family, even his family. So you know everybody else, what, what they doing. Because it, it says even his family. Normally your family is going to stick with you through thick and thin. Boy, blood is thicker than water. We thick as thieves when we family. But the Bible says when you poll, when you poll and we having a family dinner, we going to go to Cheddar's, we ain't even calling so-and-so because you know somebody got to pay their bill for them. You know, I ain't paying, I don't pay the bill the last three times. Somebody ain't, ain't, ain't. Come on, am I right about it? Am I right about it? We're going to have family dinner in the house. We're going to have a little potluck. You know they ain't going to bring nothing but some foil. They ain't going to bring nothing but some foil. Y'all know what foil is, right? They ain't cooking nothing. They ain't buying nothing. They ain't going to bring nothing but foil. They got a whole case of them to go place. Where they get them to go place from? They ain't breaking. <laughs> the Bible said the leech only has two daughters, give and give. 
Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. They ain't bringing, bringing, bringing nothing. I heard somebody tell a joke one time. That's why Jesus called it the Last Supper because the guys didn't bring nothing. You know what? This is the Last Supper. <laughs> you ain't bring, you ain't bring, Peter. You ain't bring nothing. Hey, Bartholomew, you ain't you, nothing. You know what? This is the last one. You a fisherman, right? I got to keep bringing everything. Now watch. All right, let's keep going here because my time is out. When a man is poor, even his family has no use for him. How much more will his friends avoid him? For though he begs for help, they won't respond. Hey, this is biblical reality here, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody likes hanging with poor people. Now, listen, listen, let me just make sure I say this. If anybody of you is struggling trying to make it, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just reading Bible. I'm reading Bible because God doesn't want you to be poor or stay poor. So even if you are, just don't stay there. And God will give you a way. How to, he already told us a seed will be prosperous. Uh, give me verse, verse 8. Do yourself a favor and love wisdom. You want to have friends? Do yourself a favor. Love wisdom. Learn all you can, then watch your life flourish. In other words, he said, here's, here's how you get out of that, man. Get the wisdom of God. That's what you come in here every Sunday and get. That's when you read your Bible every day. That's what you're getting, the wisdom of God. You'll learn how to flourish and prosper. So what we're seeing here is, if I want to have some friends, I need to be a generous person. But what we read in Zechariah uh, uh, verse 23, that eight, verse 23 was that if I'm prosperous, people will begin asking. They'll be drawn to you. Because everybody wants to be around. They want, they, want, they, want to get, they want to learn, what are you doing? How are you doing that? We were talking about the other day, uh, Warren Buffett, how Warren Buffett has this annual thing that, that they do through his company that they auction off a meeting with him. They auction off a one-hour lunch meeting with him. And the normal bid comes in around a million dollars. I better talk on I think this side here. Uh, normal the bid comes in around a million dollars to sit down with Warren Buffett. Am I right about this, Derek? Just, just one hour. I remember Jay-Z talked about one time. Y'all know Jay-Z? Pastor, you know Jay-Z? I know Jay-Z. I know Mr. Carter. And uh, he talked about how just impactful it was for him. He had one of those meetings. He didn't win an auction. He had another meeting to sit down. Because, you know, you think you're at one level, but you see somebody else on another level, you're like, wow. Uh, you don't have much going on at all. And so... People want to be friends with those who look like they have it going on. But in that talk, you can pull your Bible out. Say, you want to know how, how I'm doing this? Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. You want to know how I'm doing this? Matthew 6, 33. You want to know how I'm doing this? Proverbs 3 verse 9 and 10. You want to know how I'm doing this? See? 
Man, man, man. All right, go to our main scripture here. Let's, let's wrap this up here. God wants you to have a lot of friends. I hear what y'all saying. Well, they friends after your money. They fake friends. The Bible doesn't know about no fake friends. It just said friends. Friends. Now, when you poor, it said your friends will avoid you. When you poor, they're fake friends. See, we've been taught the other way. That when, when you're rich, all they want, they just round you for your money. They ain't your real friends. No, the Bible says when you're poor, your friends. <laughs> well, that's that got to shift our mindset right there, boy. Glory to God. All right, so Matthew 5, 13 through 16. This is part of Jesus Christ's Sermon on the Mount. Chapter 5 of Matthew is his Sermon on the Mount where Jesus Christ is teaching on those things that activate the blessing in your life. Bless all the poor in spirit, bless all the meek, bless all the pure in heart, so on and so forth. These are blessing activators. And right here in the middle of this, in verse 13, uh, let me go back to it, Matthew 5, 13, he says, you are the salt of the earth. Everybody say, I'm the salt of the earth. He says, but, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? How shall it be seasoned? So we are the salt of the earth. Now, you know that salt clearly changes the taste of everything, of anything, right? It enhances. You put, you know, you don't want to eat chicken that somebody didn't put some salt on there. You don't want to eat beef that ain't no salt. You don't want to eat no nothing. That, you got to have some salt on it, right? You put salt on chocolate, it, ta it tastes different, doesn't it? That's why we got bacon, chocolate-covered bacon now. This is, boy, that's the whole best beautiful thing with that. Boy. Salted caramel. That's a, that's a favor of the day, ain't it, for everybody? In other words, what he says to us, watching this verse, he says, how shall it be seasoned? How shall it, how shall it, it, is the world. If the salt, if we lose our flavor, how shall it, the world, because you're talking about we're the salt on the earth, how shall it, the earth, be seasoned? So in other words, the earth is bland, the world is bland without the body of Christ. We are supposed to be the, the toast of the town, the talk of the town. We're supposed to be the ones that the whole world is talking about. Not us looking at the Kardashians, not, not picking on them, just us looking at all the people that other things they're doing, and we're like, wow. They should be looking at us and saying, wow. We're the ones that are supposed to be changing the whole uh, context of the world. Now, we, because God blesses us, remember we, just, we talked about how in chapter 5, it's the Beatitudes, it's the blessing activators. When the blessing is activated in our lives, we change the flavor of the world. Or we give flavors of the world. So you, you can't take this out of context. He's talking about blessing activators. And we now give taste to the world. Y'all got it? Now, let me keep going here because I'm, I'm, I'm out of time again. Verse 14. Verse 14. Why y'all giggling back there? Oh, again. Okay. Now, y'all already knew before you came here I'm long-winded. You already knew, pack your lunch, pack you some Cheetos, some crackers or something like that. 
Y'all gonna start showing up with one of them hats with a, with a sippy cup on the side. All right, now, you are, verse 14, the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Now, let's do this, just for sake of time. Let's switch right away to the Passion Translation, please, media. You should have that. Matthew 5, 14 through 16, the Passion Translation. We'll wrap this up here. It says, your lives light up the world. You light up the world. You give them hope to carry. Y'all don't even know that. That's good. That's good. Let others see your light from a distance. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp? Now watch. Now, this who is God? He's talking about himself. Who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Now I put you here as a light. So I'm not going to light you and I want you to hide it. I'm not going to light you then hide you. The reason I light you up is to put you out in a place where everyone in the house can benefit from your light. So when I bless you, when I prosper you, I don't want to do that. want to do that and then you hide it. I put you out there out front where people know, oh, those people of God. And you can benefit other people. Verse, verse 16, verse 16. So, 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 don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others. Now, we grew up with this song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That's it. I know y'all will keep going. Y'all be everywhere I go. Y'all be doing every verse. All in my home, Lord. I'm going. Then y'all are baptized and everything. It'll be okay. One of y'all colder people will jump on. All in my y'all. Okay. So so don't hide your light. Don't hide your light. Now, where is that light now? Remember we talked about being transfigured. It's something on the inside of you. It's the hope of glory that comes out on the outside of you. You begin to manifest what's inside you. Well, what's inside you? Inside you, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, you're already healed. It doesn't matter what your doctor's report said. It doesn't matter what any symptoms say. On the inside, you're already healed. On the inside, you're already rich. Doesn't matter what your, what your account says, what your wallet says, what what anything says. In the inside, you're already rich. On the inside, you're already blessed. You're not cursed. I don't care if you're black. You're not cursed. You're not cursed. And I don't care if you. Uh, uh, my family got a generational curse. Bump that mess. The family of God doesn't have any generational curse. I have new DNA. I'm not under any generational curse. On the inside, you're already righteous. I know you make mistakes, but you're already righteous. 
So when that begins to, to, to show out of you, flow out of you, manifest in your life, now you got a light that when you let that light shine, including the prosperity. Watch, before others, so that the commendable things you do. Oh. So we're talking about doing some things. We're talking about doing some things. My little light. Oh, I'm just a happy person. No, that ain't the light you're talking about. I have a joy, joy down in my soul. That ain't the light you're talking about. That's not the light you're talking about. He's talking about the things you do. Tell your neighbor the things you do. Tell, tell him you got to do things for your light to shine. But you got to have things to do things. Come on now. Stop fighting with this this morning, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't have anything, you can't do anything. That's why God wants to load you up with things so you can now do some things when they see the commendable things you do. The commendable things you do will shine as light upon them. And then they will give praise, their praise, instead of them praising the government, they're going to praise your Father in heaven. Because when you do those commendable good things with the things God has given you, you're going to tell them the Lord has done this. It's marvelous in my eyes. God has called me to do things. God has called me to do big things in the earth. Come on now. God has called you to do some big things. God has called you not just to have a car. He's called you to buy other folks' cars. Now that's a commendable thing, boy. That's a commendable thing right there. I just have a house, but to buy other folks' houses. They got quiet on this side, so I'm going to come back over here now. <laughs> they couldn't handle that. They couldn't, they couldn't handle that, so I stretched them right there. They was, just, they was with me for the last 20 minutes, but they dropped, boy. They, this this, this the car buying, house buying side right here. Where y'all going? Where y'all going? Where y'all going? Where y'all going? See, if, 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 you, if, you can start out, if you can start out, that's what the Bible says, cast your bread upon the water. Whatever bread you have now. See, if you start out right now, just buying somebody pots and pans. Some, some person just getting their first place and you, they, they need some furniture. You start out buying them some sheets. Before you know it, you'll be buying them a whole house. Commendable things. And when men see your good works, when they see your commendable things, they will give glory to your Father in heaven. Oh, boy. Okay, I got to show you something before I finish. I got to show you something before I finish. Glory to God. So, again, God doesn't want you to hide it. He wants you to be a witness to his goodness. Then we, we saw he... Your, your victorious, pros, prosperous, healthy, happy life is a light in the midst of darkness. Now watch. You're supposed to be doing good things. Everybody say good things. Good Commendable things, right? Now go to 1 Timothy 6. Go to 1 Timothy 6, verse, uh, verse 17. Oh, God, 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 help us today. Help us close this thing out right on out right here. Right here, right here, right here. So command those... 
who are rich in this present age. Now, this is the book of Timothy. It's a letter not written by Timothy, but a letter written to Timothy from Apostle Paul. Now, Timothy is not a world leader. He's a church leader. So when Paul is telling Timothy to command those rich who are rich, he's not talking about those people who are rich in the world. Paul fully expects folk in the church to be rich. So he tells Timothy, he says, command those who are rich in this present age. In other words, they have their money right now. Don't be haughty. Don't be all puffed up. Nor to trust in uncertain riches. But in or trust in the living God, come on, who gives us, first of all, richly, all good things. The number one reason. Y'all miss that. I better come back on this side. The number one reason he gives you these things. Tell you that, but God wants you to enjoy your life. So he's going to give you things to enjoy. He, want, he wants you to enjoy your house, not dread going home. He wants you to enjoy your car, not dread getting in and kicking it on the side. Come on, Bessie. No, no, get, enjoy it. Enjoy the food you eat, not eat it, you know, oh, this old same old stuff over and over again. Enjoy your wife. I heard me. Enjoy your husband. I bet. Enjoy your children. Your children are not in the way. Your children should not be a nuisance to you. That, that they shouldn't be hampering your plans. Your children are part of the plan of God for your life. Try to pass your children off on somebody else. Keep your nappy head child yourself. I'm messing. I'm, I'm messing. Excuse me. That, that was racially insensitive. I apologize. Okay. So number one, number one, watch this. I'm, I'm wrapping up. He gives us all things to enjoy. Now watch verse, verse 18. Now, with the good things you have, let them do good. Not only are you enjoying. But I'm supposed to be called, I'm called to do good. That they may be rich in good works. Oh my God. And you can't be rich in good works until you're rich in things. That's why God wants to bless your socks off. That's why God is, God is never a just enough God. He's always a more than enough God. He always gives you more than you ask for. Exceedingly, abundantly, above. Oh, you can ask a thing. So you get to enjoy, but you also get to bless somebody and do good works. He don't want you to hoard things just for yourself. When you hoard for yourself, what you're doing is you're doing what, what 17 says don't do. You're trusting in your riches. Well, I got to keep this because I never know. I got to take care of this because I never know. I got to say this because I never know. What you talking about? You never know. The same God who blessed you the first time, he'll bless you again and again and again. He'll keep it going if you keep it going. So the more he bless you, the more you got to bless other people. I'm called to be a blessing. Said I'm called to be a blessing. I'm called to do good works. 
Verse 18, verse 18, verse 18. Let them, let them do good. That they may be rich in good works. Ready to give. I'm ready to, now ready, ready. What does ready mean? Ready mean I got something. God wants you to have something. That's why he wants you to have an account with some money in it. Accruing some money and have some things you need. Because if you don't have the things you need, you're not ready to give when somebody needs it. You're supposed to have some extra. Somebody all out extra. 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 I'm not, I'm not going to keep running out. I'm not going to keep spending everything I have. I'm going to make sure I have extra. Why? Because I'm comfortable with extra? No. So I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to give at any time. When I had Brother Jermaine, and the Holy Ghost told me to do that. Don't, don't get, nobody get mad. The Holy Ghost told me to call him up here and he's going to bless him. I was, I was reaching up because I, I was ready because I got, I got money. Uh, I, got, I got money hidden away. This ain't my spend money. This is my ready to give money. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you, don't be mad at that. I got, I, it's hundreds in there, hundreds sitting there, because I'm always ready to give. These are not for me to show off. Not for me to go to the store. Not, not for me to feed my belly. It's, it's no, this ready to give money right here. So when he say pull a trigger, I pull a trigger. Willing. You got to be ready and willing. And by God's grace, that means you're able. Somebody say, I'm ready. I'm willing. And I'm able to be a blessing. Now watch. Verse uh, 19. Storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Now, don't you already have eternal life? Well, yeah, sure, I already have it, but I have to lay hold on it. I have to, I have to secure it. Not, not talking about living eternally. This, is, this eternal life is talking about the God kind of life. To live like God on this earth, I got I to gotta make sure I'm doing verse 18. Now watch. Sit down. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Rich. Let them do good that they may be rich in what? Good works. Good works. Now notice it here. Go back to verse 17. Command those who are what? Rich. Then it says, don't trust in uncertain what? Riches. But God who gives us what? Richly. Verse 18. That they may be, may be what? Rich. Four times he uses the word rich. I think, I think God trying to get us to get a hold, get used to saying rich. I might have to come back to the back because y'all are funny. Say nothing. You want you, just say rich. Say a rich. Say rich. 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 Hey, I got news for you. That ain't a cuss word. That ain't a cuss word. And there ain't no such thing as for us no filthy rich. I'm holy rich. I'm rich and righteous. I'm rich and blessed. And walking in the footage of God. I'm rich. 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 You looking at a rich man? You rich? Yep. I don't owe anybody on this planet nothing. 
and I got money in the bank. I'm rich. Now I ain't wealthy yet. I'm on my way. But the challenge, watch this, the challenge for me is always to not look at what I got in the bank and, and say, okay, I'm good. Is always say, okay, God, whatever you tell me to do with that. Because we got here by giving. We got here by blessing people. So now we're not going to switch up and become hoarders and then we're going to keep prospering. No, we're going to keep going to the next level, ever increasing glory, ever increasing splendor if we keep on doing good, being rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. Turn to one last place here. One last place. James 2. James 2. See, he said rich four times there because that's what people pay attention to. People want to see rich people. But if you see somebody that's rich and righteous, like Psalm 112, that man who's rich and righteous, remember Psalm 112, verse 1? Blessed is the man who fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments. Verse 3, what the riches will be in his house? And his righteousness endures forever, so you can be rich and righteous. That's what God wants, rich and righteous people. Now, when you are that, then you're ready to give. In fact, you read this Psalm 112, you see the reason the man was so blessed because he gave all the time. He always helped. He took care of the poor. He lent. He always took care of the poor. That's what Job said. The reason Job was so blessed, he always gave everybody. All right. James 2. We're done. Verse 14. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? How many, how many prophets do I have in here? Good. Every, every hand should be up if you're a child of God because you're the prophet of your own life. But you also have the ability to prophesy into other people's lives. Now watch. I want to get you off being so spiritually deep. I want to break your spiritual deepness. What does it profit my brethren if someone says he has faith but does not have works. what? Works. 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 Can faith save him? No. No. Y'all know the answer, no, right? Verse 15. Watch this. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, that means they're naked and they're hungry. Verse 16, and watch the prophet speak. And one of you says to them, Depart in peace. Be warmed and filled. I'm talking about y'all holy prophets around here. You're so deep. I'm going I'm to use, use my spiritual authority in your life. Let me agree with you, son. Let me agree with you, my brother, my sister. Be warmed and filled in Jesus' name. Come on now, body of Christ. Because here's what we do. Here's what we call ministry. This is what we, we ministering to people. Be warned. Shut up, us. Be filled in Jesus' name. What are you doing? I'm commanding that warmness to come on you. I call warmness from the north and the south and the east and the west. 
Come, heat, 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 be warmed and be filled. Come on, holy rollers. Now, I understand. I understand. I understand. Our authority and our ability to prophesy and to agree in faith. But you do not give them the things which are needed. For the body, what does it profit? Nothing. They ain't warmed and they ain't filled and you didn't win them in, in, in any regard. Everybody lost. See, what, what are you saying? We got to get past just saying stuff. But when you're broke, all you do is say stuff. Oh, God be with you. I'm believing. I'm, I'm going to put my faith with yours. We get deep. I'm going to just put my faith with yours. If any two of us shall agree on earth concerning anything we ask, it shall be. Oh, my, 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 We just, oh, hey, oh, wow. Oh, you gotta, hey, do more than put your faith with theirs. Put them finances with theirs. I don't even know who with me on that one. Ain't nobody said that. I was looking for, a, I ain't see a spot nowhere. Verse 17, verse 17. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So God wants us to have good works. That when men see our good works, you didn't just speak filled, you fed me. You didn't just speak warm, you housed me. Jesus said this time is going to come when they're going to stand before me and say, he'll say, uh, when I was hungry and thirsty, you didn't, you didn't feed me, you didn't, you didn't clothe me. When, you didn't, where, where, how come, what, Jesus, when did we ever see you and didn't feed you? When you didn't do it to the least of these, you didn't do it to me. But on the other hand, those will say, he'll say, you fed me, you clothed me. When I was sick, you visited me. He said, he, they're going to say, well, when did we do that? We never saw you. Jesus will say, but when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. When you show forth your good works, then you showed them unto me. You showed them unto me. So God wants to use us to demonstrate good works that the world will get a clue. He's real, he's alive, and he is good. How many of you all are volunteering for God's evangelistic army today? I'm not asking you to go pass out tracts. You can do that if you want to. I'm talking about you saying, God, if you can use anything, use me. If you got to bless somebody in this earth for people to know that you are alive and well, Lord, you can use me. And I'm going to make myself available to you, God, for you to bless my socks off so tough that I can not just be blessed, but I can be a blessing. And as I become a blessing, you'll get the glory out of my life and others will begin to give you praise. And they'll come to Jesus Christ, say, I want to worship with you. I want to be saved. I want to be your friend.
I'm going to be your friend. Do y'all receive that today? You receive that today? Well, stand to your feet and give God a big praise of thanksgiving. Glory to God. 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 If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. I'm willing to be blessed. I'm willing to be blessed. I'm willing to prosper so that you can minister to me or through me to the world. Thank you, Lord. We used to sing a song back in my church growing up. Let the world see Jesus in you. In the life that you live, in the service that you give, let the world see Jesus in you. We used to sing another song. May the works I've done speak for me. Your works will speak for you. God wants you to do great works for him. Amen? What has to happen, Pastor? Well, you have to stop thinking about just yourself. You got to think way beyond yourself. That way, you'll stop asking just for yourself. You'll stop seeking just for yourself. You'll start asking, God, I want to be a blessing everywhere I go, all the time. And when you seek to be a blessing, you get blessed in the midst, in the midst of it. You got it? Thank you, Lord. Ginger. That means let's pray. Father, thank you today for your word and for your spirit. I pray that because we have simply read your word and seen what your word has said, that, Lord, the conviction comes upon our hearts today to be a blessing. We know that, Father, that, Lord, that the devil has fought against prosperity so, so hard and so long that the church has resisted it because they've thought it's just about me, 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 me. But God, that's not it at all. Lord, true prosperity is not how much we have. It's the ability to be used by you to minister to other people. So Lord, I pray that your people would understand and grab a hold of it, that we'll begin to allow you to manifest in our lives the supernatural, things beyond what we can ask or think, that we'll begin to ask beyond ourselves and seek beyond ourselves and place a demand beyond ourselves, that God will open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to a world that's hurting, hungry and thirsty and dying, suffering around us, that God will be used as your ministers that men would see our good works and glorify you, our Father in heaven. I pray that, God, you'd raise up an army full of lifestyle evangelists in this house <laughs> who prosper and increase so much so that, God, the world will take note. The death report it to the mayor, to the governor, to the president. Something's happening down in that little place down there. That people are not having to go to the government for help. There's something happening. People are coming off welfare. People are, are coming off social security. People are coming off disability. People are coming off these things because these people are doing something. We call forth the orphanages. 
We call forth the housing for widows. We call forth the place for those who are poor and indigent, indigent God. We call forth the places and the, and the things that we need, God, to really minister, God, in a, in a phenomenal way in this region. And every one of those things will stake your flag, your banner, in the ground and declare that this is of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now I pray that each person will take this message and let it penetrate their heart and produce what the sinners produce. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Give God one more big hand clap of praise today.